Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. For Parshas B'Shalach, I want to do something interesting. Sometimes, most of the time, my mahalach was, you know, the last year or two to say a few separate Devrei Torah. And then a few times I said one long piece. What I want to do tonight is I want to say one piece that's divided up into three parts. So in a sense, it's three parts, but the three parts really form one, one, one longer Dvar Torah. But I'm going to break it down into three parts because it makes it easier when Shabbos comes to be able to think back to it if it's broken down into three parts. The Mepharshim ask, and you don't need to be the Mepharshim to ask it, Yitzhak Mitzrayim was a nevuah that was told to Avram Avinu by the Brisbane Absarim. Yodoya teida kiger yeh zaracha be'eretz lo elohem va'avodam ve'inu oisam arba me'ez shana ve'gamez ha'goy asher ya'avoydu dono noichi ve'achar ikein yeitzu b'rchush gadol a whole nevuah about about what's going to happen. Where is Kriyas Yamsuf? Kriyas Yamsov is not mentioned. Not just that. It's not mentioned. Not just that. But when Moshe Rabbeinu was told by HaKadosh Baruch Hu everything that's going to happen, Power is not going to listen to you, he's only going to send you out, you know, beyond Chazaka, not once is there a hint that there's going to be a Kriyas Yamsov. It's unbelievable. You do not find out about Kriyas Yamsov until Kriyas Yamsov. There is not a hint in the Torah that Kriyas Yamsuf will happen before Kriyas Yamsuf happens. And I think that needs some kind of an explanation why that would be. Okay, that's my introduction. Part one. There's a very interesting Arachayim HaKadosh, and I've seen it brought B'Shem the Gra as well. The following idea... The Pasuk says when it's describing what happened by Kriyas Yamsuf, Perak Yudalid Pasuk Chafalif, Vayet Moshe es Yodai al Hayom, Vayoylech Hashem es Hayom, Beruach Kodim Azo Kola Laila, Vayosem es Hayom Lechorova, Vayibok Uhamoyim. So the end of the Pasuk describes what happened. Vayosem es Hayom Lechorova, Hakadish Baruch Hu made the Yam. To be like dry land. And the water split. Which one was it? Did it become like dry land? Or did the water split? Those are two things. So the Arachayim HaKadosh and the Gro, Kivnu Ledavarecha, they were Mechavin to the same idea that both happened. And they say like this Had HaKadosh Baruch Hu just split all the water, so then Klal Yisrael to go into a yam, you know, when you, go, when you go to the water's edge, it's right there, the, the land slopes down a little bit, and then it's flat. If you could walk on water, right, it would be flat. So imagine the water was split down the middle. You would have to climb all the way down to the bottom. It would be a very steep climb down and a very steep climb back up. 
So HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not want to be Matriach Klal Yisrael to have to climb all the way down and climb all the way up. So rather, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu did was HaKadosh Baruch Hu made the upper part of the water split into the Vahamayim Lahem Chayma Miminam Umismailam you know, the 12 channels that they walked through. That was the upper part of the Mayim. But the lower water, they didn't have to climb all the way down to the bottom. The lower water became like dry land. The water became dry. We don't even know what that means. How does water become dry? We don't even know what that means. It's not water if it's dry. But that was the nace of Kriyas Yamsov, that opposites were able to maintain themselves. That, so, they, so they were walking on dry land water between columns of water. Okay? That's what the Archaim HaKadosh says. And that's what the Gros says. And it's a fascinating idea. And what, you know that there's, there's two separate parts to Kriyas Yamsuf. There's the Yam splitting and there's the Yam hardening. Two separate parts. And that's what the Pasuk means here when it says, Vayosem es hayom lecharava. That's one step. The, the, the yam became like dry land. Vayibaku hamayim. That's the second step. Okay, that's Adkan part one. The problem, and the reason why we're continuing this conversation, and we're going to also be Vayibaku hamayim, we're also going to go deep, is that... That's a beautiful pshat, but it's not enough. Because, I mean, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted it not to be hard for them to get to the bottom, he could have made them float down to the bottom, he could have had Malachim bring them down. It's not enough to say that Hashem didn't want to be matriach them, so that's why he did it this way. No, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes a nace happen, especially such a pivotal nace, like Kriyas Yamsuf, so then that nace is a, is a, um, is, is every single nuance of the nace reflects the pnimius of what's happening. There's everything has meaning to it. It's not just like, oh, for convenience, HaKadosh Baruch Hu did it this way. No, even for convenience, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has many ways of doing things. HaKadosh Baruch Hu could have made the land come up. Why did he have to make the water harden? I, I can give you endless examples. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu did it in this way. I would love to have some explanation of why it had to happen in this way. So there's a mimer from Rav Hutner that explains a very, very, very famous Pasuk in Tehillim. A Pasuk that we say by davening and a Pasuk that we say on Rosh Hashanah. L'Hashem Ha'oretzu Maloya Tevel V'yoyshveva Kihu al yamim yisada, and so on. Down the horizon, and so on and so forth. So we say about Hakadosh Baruch Hu like this: Lashem haaretz umaloya to Hashem is the aretz and everything that fills it. Now, Hashem, the earth belongs to Hashem. Tevel the the dry land, v'yoshveba and everyone that's on it. Kihu al yamim yisada, because he established it on the water. As we say every morning at davening, roika ha'oretz al hamayim. Hakadosh Baruch Hu put the oretz on the mayim, the land that we're on. Underneath it is mayim. Kihu al yamim yisada. The question is, what's the key? 
Hashem gave the Hashem owns the earth belongs to Hashem. Hashem Many people when they write their name on something, they start off Lamed Hey Vav, which stands for Hashem Ha'aretzumaloya. That's what it stands for. And the reason that they do it, the reason that they write it, is so that there should be a a sense that even though I'm writing that it's mine, but it's not really mine. It really belongs to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and, and it's my Rishos. Some people even write Lashem Ha'aretzumaloya Birshus and their name. But it belongs to Hashem. Hashem, you know, gifted it to me for the time being. So, so we say the, the world belongs to Hashem because He made it on, dry, on the water. <laughs> what does that have to do with it? It's true that the earth is on the water. It's true that Roika Ha'aretz Alamayim. But what does it mean that Hashem, the, the earth belongs to B'nai Adam because he placed it on the water? That doesn't make any sense. It sounds like it doesn't make any sense. So Rav said a very, very, very deep explanation. Water represents a concept Water is a makim that's beyond the ability of a person to, to be. Water, a, a, a person by nature cannot live in water. In fact, when someone dies by drowning, he didn't die because something happened to him because someone did something to him, because someone cut him or hurt him or choked him or something like that, he died because he no longer was able to breathe. And the, his breathing apparatus was filled with water. In water, a person can't function. Water represents an area that's beyond the shlita of man. And land represents the area that's within the shlita of man. It's very simple. Okay, so if the world is divided between land and water, we have a mushal there. There are certain things that were given to man, and there are certain things that were not given to man. For example, water would represent like hakobi de shamayim. Everything is beyond us. Everything is in Hashem's control. But the land would represent chutz meiras shamayim, except for what Hashem put in our control, our bechira, our ability to function. In the beginning, it was just water. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu told the water to clear away, to make space for the land. So the world was covered with water. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, Let the waters gather to one place so that the dry land will be visible. What was happening there? What was happening there was, think about this. Before man was created, everything was in the control of Hashem and nothing was in the control of man. Everything, Hashem was the melech of everything. Once man was created, HaKadosh Baruch Hu carved out a certain area of the world that's not in his control anymore, Kaviyachel. Rather, it's in man's control. That's the big chutz. Chutz, miyir as Now we have Bechira. 
Hashem has a, a malchus that he rules over everything, but there's an area that we rule over, and that's our ability to decide if we're going to dive in Mayrif tonight. That's up to us. Right? That's, 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 that's the chutz. In a similar way, the world was covered with water. That represents completely in Hashem's tchum. And then Hashem carved out a makkim. That's man's place. The oretz was given to man. That represents what is in our domain, what is under our control. Am I being clear? Okay. Is it really true that what's under our control is under our control? It's not so simple. We know that Hashem controls everything. And even what's in our control is also part of Hashem's control. That's the famous contradiction between Yedia and Bechira. That even though I have Bechira, but in a certain sense, from a certain perspective, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is still in control. So, I like to illustrate this in the following way, but this is much, much, much um, more profound than this, but... Um, I decide, okay, look, this is a great example, okay? And if Ravay was Nikki listens to this recording, he'll have an from it, okay? Um, a few hours ago, Ravay was Nikki asked me if I should give the share tonight. I said, I don't know, are people back? I don't know what's going on. So, ultimately, he really made the call. Ultimately, we decided that we're going to have the share, okay? Now, I could have responded, in a sense, I could have responded to Rabbi Wisniki. No, there will not be a share tonight. I'm very tired. I could have done that. I had the khir. But um, when he said that he thought there should be a share, I said, looking forward. So I'm proud that I, I think I made the right choice. I made their choice. The khir was up to me. Was it up to Hashem? No, it was up to me. And here's the thing. Shua Lowenthal, can I use you as an example? Shua Lowenthal also had a choice tonight. He had a choice if he should come to the share. He could have said, I'm tired, I'm not going to the share. He could have said that. But he also made the right choice and he came to the share. Hashem wanted you to have that choice so that you could get schar for making the right choice. I have to ask you something. If Hashem wanted you to have that choice, did I have a choice to not give the share? Not really. So on some level... I had a choice, but on some level, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's still in charge. He knows, it, it's, it's very common, the Rambam says, Ki a human being can't understand how this all fits together. Good marshal, right? So, on some level, even what we have a choice over, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's manipulating. And we still have and we still make choices from our perspective, but from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's perspective, he's like, you don't have to understand, but I'm still running the world. Okay, listen to this. This is so exciting. You, 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 you're not going to be able to stay in your seats. Okay, listen to this. We say, Hashem gave the Oretz to Bnei Adam. 
But the Pasuk in Tehillim that I mentioned says, Lashem Ha'aretz Umalaya. The Aretz belongs to Hashem. It knows, even though HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us Bechira, uh, I had Bechira, Shua, but I also, also was in, in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's control because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted you to have Bechira. And we could continue that story. Right? Because your wife also could have said, don't go. So she had to have Bechira, but if you didn't go, then she couldn't have said, go. We could go on forever. Right? So now you also didn't really have Bechira. Now we're really stuck. Right? So, so, even though the Ha'aretz Nasan Levnei Adam, it's still true that Lashem Ha'aretz Umalaya. How could that be? Oh, says David HaMelech. Lashem Ha'aretz Umalaya. Tevel v'yayishveva. You know why? Ki hu al yamim yisada. Because the Aretz is on Mayim. Mayim represents beyond the Tfisa of man. Hashem's Hakobi Deshamayim. So even the Aretz is on the Mayim. So even though on some level we have the ability to, to make our own decisions, but underneath that, in a way that we don't understand, Kihu al Yamim Yisada, it's on the Mayim, the Mokim, that's not part of the, the Shlita of man. Is that not magnificent? Magnificent, right? Wow, that was... How could I have not thought of not coming to give the shir? Part three. I want to say over to you, I actually searched to this to find if it was printed anywhere. I have a few svarim and kontrasim that were printed with my Rosh Hashiva's Torah. I have it written down. But I was wanted to find it printed, but I wasn't able to. I don't. I think it's not printed. So I'm telling you, real Torah of Alper right now. Um, we one time heard from my Rosh Hashiva the following um, thought that I'm going to explain in my words. So, like Imreku, me many who rake, you know. I'm going to explain in my words but you'll see how relevant it is to our conversation. In the kinnis that we say on Tishabov, there's a reference to a story, which I suspect Dr. Hack knows more about than the rest of us, but there was some kind of a story about ships of children that were sent to Rome, brought in the Gemara and Gittin. And they were kidnapped for purposes of Znos. And they were they and they were on the ship going to Rome. And they realized that they were going to be used for Avera. Am I being accurate? And they consulted with the the oldest boy there or something, and they they made they asked a Shaila. Um they asked a Shaila if um if the if they would kill themselves if they'll be haba, the response was some pasuk mi bashan ashiv some pasuk that they will be they'll they'll go to ilam haba they'll be zeichet ilam haba even if they kill themselves and these little children that's just mind boggling these little children jumped out of a ship and killed themselves so that they shouldn't be used fiznas you imagine. In the Kinnis on Tishabov, this is mentioned, and the Kinnis adds a detail 
And it says, I think the Gemara references that as well. I don't remember. Maybe you can remind me. I don't remember. But it's definitely mentioned in the Kinnis, this Lushan. Vayeshoiru ke'alyam. Maybe it's not in the Gemara. Vayeshoiru ke'alyam. That when they jumped off, can you imagine that Kumzitz? When they jumped off the ship to kill themselves, they sang songs like Parshas B'Shalach, like on the Yamsaf. That means that they had like a joy to them. They sang songs ke'aliyam. Mind-boggling. My Rosh Hashiva said, as incredibly emotional as that is, we still have to ask ourselves, why ke'aliyam? What has it got to do with Kriyas Yamsaf? If the Kinnis says it was like Kriyas Yamsaf, that means there's some parallel here with Kriyas Yamsaf. What, what was going on? What does it mean they were singing songs like Kriyas Yamsaf? What's the connection to Kriyas Yamsaf? So he said like this, and I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm putting in some of my own explanation to, just to clarify, but I'm, I'm, I feel fairly confident that this was his intention. He, says, he said as follows, Lamashal, we say, we say by, we discussed this by Shalashudas this week, we say by Kedusha, by Mustaf on Shabbos, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's honor fills the world. Does it? Does it fill the world? Do you know what's going on in the world? Do you listen to the news? Do you know that there's a lot of Chilol Hashem going on in the world? Do you know that there's a lot of lack of recognition, not only of the existence of Hashem, but of the existence of his entire value system that he taught not just Kalal Yisrael, but the entire world? The Sheva Mitzvahs B'nai Noyach are not being listened to. That's called Kvaidai Malei Oilam? Hashem's covenant fills the world? Does that make sense? Yeah, we know that, Kasha. That's what we say when we say Kedusha, Chavis. We say Kvaidai Malei Oilam, Mishar Sav Shayalim Zeloseh, Ayei Mekayim Kvaidai, where is his covenant? Do we have an answer? No. We say, Baruch Kvayr Hashem, Whatever the answer is. Because we know that just like we're saying that even when there's Bechir, even when there's the actions of man, but under the surface, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is pulling the strings in a way that we don't understand. So, so too, just like the actions of man make it seem like there's no Kavit Shemayim in the world, it's not Hashem's actions that did that, it's ours, it's humanity's, but that somehow HaKadosh Baruch Hu is pulling the strings and somehow there's some response to how really it is and how there is no lack of Kavit Shemayim. Does it make sense to you how there's no lack of Kavit Shemayim? No. But is it true? Yes, it's true. But that doesn't make sense. Yeah, okay. You're not Hashem. Baruch Hashem Hashem has it worked out that we live in a world that there seems to be such Chilol Hashem and everything. Hashem has a plan and Hashem has a Cheshbin and Hashem knows what He's doing and we just have to do our Bechira as best as we can. We do ours, Hashem does His. Kvaydei Malei Oilam. Yeah, I know you're asking. Just thank Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Okay? Says my Rosh Hashiva. A bunch of young children are about to jump out of a ship. How many Kriyashmas were about to die? 
How many dairis of Klal Yisrael were about to die? How many future Masechtas were about to never be learned? How many future Neiris Shabbos were about to never be lit? How many future sukkahs and matzahs and, and, and who knows what else would, 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 will never come into fruition? Endless. It's paralyzing to think about. And he says that there was, there was a sense that these children had of all of the potential and all of the Kavit Shamayim and all of the greatness that the actions of man were forcing should be shut down. It didn't seem like Kvaidai Malei There was such a loss of Kavit Shamayim that was happening here. But when HaKadosh Baruch Hu opened the Yamsuf, think of the symbolism of opening the Yamsuf. We just explained that the Yam is a place that's beyond the reach of man, right? But when Hashem opens the Yam, that means He's sharing with you a perspective that's beyond man's comprehension. And for a brief moment, Klal Yisrael saw and perceived the secrets of the universe. The, re- the, the answer to Ayyem Akayim Kivaydei. The reason, the, the understanding of Yediyah and Bechira. And for a brief moment, Hashem broke open the sea. Hashem opened up, broke open the Yam, and He revealed the secrets of the universe. That's what it says they saw. They saw the secrets of the universe. The secrets of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Hanhaga. Yecheskel described the greatest secrets that are possible for a human being to know, and that's Maisa Merkava. And Ra'asa Shifcha Alayom Ma'sheloi Ra'a Yecheskel Ben Buzi. That means they saw the secrets of the secrets. Unbelievable. So these young children are about to jump into the water and they feel like the world is such a dark place. And they say, it's not a dark place. They sang songs like on the Yamsa. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a cheshben. There's some cheshben of why a young child has to kill himself. It sounds beyond the horror. There's some cheshben. There's some kavod shemayim. There's some beauty to it. So they sang songs. Their kumzitz was, you know, perhaps they sang, they sang songs of Shira Sayam. Just like by the Yamsuf, the secrets of Hashem's Hanhaga, of how Kvaidai Malayoyla makes sense, how the reach of man does not inhibit HaKadosh Baruch Hu at all. And somehow, the, the HaKadosh Baruch Hu tore open the Yam and showed you something. You know what it says in the Gemara in Elu about the Yam? It says that when something is thrown into the Yam, Zutay shel yam, it's avuda mimenu umikol adam. Right? Something that's in the yam is gone. It's for sure yish, right? Because it's gone. And then HaKadosh Baruch Hu took the yam and he peeled it open for Klal Yisrael. And he said, look inside. I'm giving you a glimpse. This is why there was no warning that Kriyas Yamsuf was coming. Avram wasn't told about it in the Brisbane Absarim. Moshe wasn't told about it because the Kriyas Yamsuf came from somewhere else. The Kriyas Yamsuf was not in the normal experiences of Klal Yisrael. 
even our miracle experiences, but this was beyond, this was a glimpse into a world that's beyond the regular Hanhaga. And that, therefore, it just came. And this, Rabbi say, I believe, this is my two cents, is the Pshat and the Arachayim HaKadosh and the Groh. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted not just that the Yam should be split, but he wanted that for a few minutes, Klal Yisrael is not walking on the Aretz, they're walking on the Yam. Because this is the time that you're seeing this, the heavens open. This is the time that you're seeing the secrets way beyond the Aretz Nasan Adam. You're seeing Hamayim Nasan Adam. You're seeing the opportunity, it's not the opportunity, you're seeing the Hasaga getting a glimpse of the secrets of the universe. So this, if, the, if what's beyond man is represented by Mayim, then giving man a glimpse of that is represented by, by Yosem Es Hayom Lecharava. That the, 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 the water was made dry. Rabbi say what we just shared, okay, is we can leave this alone. Thank you for writing notes. We could leave this alone. It's a little piece of Machshava. Very nice. It's very nice. But don't do that. Because there's, any, there's a massive chizok here. A massive chizok. When I wake up in the morning, I'm 49. So I have a few years behind me. I hope, with Hashem's help, many years ahead of me. But I'm not so young that I'm not very, very deeply affected by decisions that I made and by my limitations. In other words, the place that I am at in life and the struggles that I have and the Yetzirahs that I have, the, the, the things, that, the things that, I are limit, that I'm limited by are very much shaped by decisions that I made when I was 20, 25, 30, 35, and so on. And I can wake up in the morning and feel very, very trapped and defeated by that. I'm stuck in this situation by my own hand. I did it. If I would have learned more and, and, and been a better Ayur Hashem and been zeichet to this and listened to him and not done something stupid here and not been such a baby here, my life would look different. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's, who could think that about their life. And sometimes we find ourselves in a situation that we say, like, my way of saying it to myself is like, I'm, I'm living on plan B. This is not plan A. This is plan B. I'm living, you already quoted, in the, I'm, I'm, I'm living on plan B. Yeah, whatever. It wasn't really supposed to be this way, but no, this is where I am. You know, somebody who gets a job this happens all the time. Someone gets a job, they're not so successful at their job. So they go to get another job and they spend the rest of their life thinking, if I would have been successful, if I would have invested then, how many people have you heard say that? If I would have invested then, you know, like, you feel like you're living your whole life on plan B. What we learned today is a very important lesson. That it's true that Ha'aretz Nasan Levnei Adam HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave the Oretz to us. What's that Neigea to? That I have to decide yes to Davin Meir of tonight. 
and I have to decide yes to be a Baal Chesed and yes to do the right thing and yes to be patient with my wife and children and yes to go the extra mile. I have to make those right decisions. Right now I have to make the right decisions. But it's not my job to rethink the entire Seder of how I got here. It's a useless, unhelpful, wrong hashkafa mahalach for me. If there's something for me to do now, if there's a mistake I made that I need to do tshuva for, so then I should do it. If there is repairs or, or amends that I need to make for something, so then I should do it. But just to sit and wallow in my decisions that got me here, no, 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 no. It's true. That's true. But don't forget, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is pulling the strings. We said there's a stira between Yediyah and Bechira. I have two ways of resolving it. Halacha Okay? But I'm only going to give you one of them today. Okay? Here's the Yishav of the stira between Yediyah and Bechira. Everything until today, Yediyah. Today, Bechira. However I got here, but when I woke up this morning, my job was not to change my life and reimagine. No, my job was to do today right. And Amir Tzashem, when I wake up tomorrow morning, my job is not to ask myself, how did I get here and what happened and my whole life is a mistake and I, had, I, had, I, had I not married that person, had I not gone here, had I not moved here, had I not gone to this job, had I not, a person could make themselves meshuga. No, no, no. Yediyah. Lashem ha'aretzumaloya on the past. But on today, the ha'aretz nasan levnei adam. The yishuv of Yediyah and Bechira, the Rambam says, is beyond us. But if you want to know the practical yishuv between Yediyah and Bechira, it's that until this moment, 9.28 on Tuesday night, Yediyah. But 9.28 on Tuesday night, Bechira. Let's go make a good Bechira, Rabbi Sayyashikayach. You have been listening to a Shear from ShasIlluminated.org. For other Shearim on many topics, or to hear an Eon Shear on any Dauphin Shas, including Mara McClaimus on each Shear, please visit www.ShasIlluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS. That's 203-312-7427. Or email info at shasilluminated.org.